What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. Hit me up over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. Specifically, go ahead and follow EthosFantasyBB. Getting some traction over there over these last couple days, week or so. A lot of new followers. I appreciate that. You guys get access to all of our podcasts, all of our articles, and all of our fantasy baseball content gets posted over there. And pretty soon, we're going to have a lot more stuff coming out. We're working on our draft guide. The guys are hard at work. Somewhere in the middle of February, middle, mid to late February, I'm going to say. Uh, we're, we're not putting down specific dates yet. We're still working on exactly when pieces are going to be finished. We're still figuring everything out. Middle to late February is when that is going to be coming out. There's going to be a ton of stuff in there. Sleepers and busts. Players to target past a certain ADP. Early players to avoid. Uh, relief pitchers to speculate on that might be closers later in the year. There's going to be a rookie section, prospect section. There's going to be a hell of a lot of stuff in there. You guys can check it out, of course, at sportsethos.com and at ethosfantasybb as well. Guys, we are going to be continuing with second base rankings today. I know what we what our template was going to be Friday. We start rankings. Monday, we continue them. Just the way we were able to schedule guests recently, uh, these last week or so, uh, we had to put we had to put a pause on it because we had some great people on the show over the last week. We had Chris Clegg join us on Monday. We had Jeff Erickson join us here yesterday. Great episodes. We've we've done fourteen previews now. Uh, we had Mike Carter join us from Fantrax uh, to talk White Sox. We had Chris Welsh, aka the Welsh. Is it the Welsh? Join us to talk Diamondbacks. Gonna be hopefully doing all thirty teams with a guest. We're gonna we're gonna try and make it so that every single guest is like either lives in the city that they're talking about or they follow the team. Next up, we got the Mets on Monday with Mr. Fantasy Pros, Joe Pizapia. He's going to be here with us to start off the week. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. You get all the new podcasts into your feed, and specifically that one with Joe. Haven't talked with him in a few months. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to break down the Mets, and they are a hell of a lot of fun for fantasy purposes this coming season. So that one should be great. All these, these team previews have been a lot of fun. Really appreciate everybody hopping on. Make sure you guys go check out those older episodes. But like I alluded to, we are going to be looking at second base rankings today. We started off last Friday. Again, my apologies for the delay in them. So I will, in case you guys uh, you maybe forget who I talked about on Friday, you can go back and listen to that show. But the Coles notes here. One was Jose Altuve. Two, Marcus Semien. Three, Jazz Chisholm. Four, Ozzy Albies. Five, Andres Jimenez. Six, Jorge Polanco. Seven, Glaber Torres. Eight, Tommy Edmond. Nine, Brandon Lau. And ten, Vaughn Grisham. That is the top 10. There is still potential for some little moves here and there with rankings. We still see things going on. Adalberto Mondesi got traded yesterday. Well, maybe it'll impact the shortstop rankings a little bit. There's still stuff that's going to happen, right? We'll hear news in spring. There might be injuries. There might be still some trades to come. So these rankings are not you know, the final copy before the regular season. They're definitely fairly solid. I don't expect them to move around too much. But you know, if you end up seeing you know, one of the guys in the top 10 maybe fall out of the top 10 or somebody else goes into it. There's some switching around at the top or wherever, whatever changes don't say you told me this guy was number seven, second baseman. Now he's number, now he's number 10 on your list. There are still going to be some changes. I don't expect it to be too drastic, but we're going to pick it up here from number 11. And if you guys have followed along with these position previews, you guys have already heard me talk about this guy, Jay Cronenworth. We talked about him on our first base preview. I was fairly high on him for first base. I had him at number 13. I have him here at number 11 in terms of second base. A little bit of a weaker position. A, a lot of weaker position, really. And Jay Cronenworth, I feel, is somebody who is being fairly undervalued so far when it comes to early drafts, when it comes to 
everything, really. I mean, his ADP is 195. Uh, overall, he's kind of being avoided for whatever reason when you're talking about, you know, early guys to be grabbing. I and mean, it's not like he's being totally avoided, but I think he should be going quite a bit higher than pick 200, considering that he's eligible at first and second. You know, he's in an incredible lineup. We've talked a lot about the Padres this offseason. They're damn good. We know they're damn good. They're going to have Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back fairly soon within the first few weeks of the season. And then the counting stats for everybody in that lineup should just be absolutely absurd. But Jake Cronenworth, regardless of that, he's a guy who can go out there and hit you you know, a decent batting average. Not really why you're getting him, but you've seen him in the past hit 285 and then 266. This past year, not great. We've also seen the BABIPs kind of go down. They're projecting the batting average to go back up if you're looking at the different systems. Generally projected for about actually 250 across all the systems. That's not really specifically why you're drafting him. You're getting... 15 to 20 home run range. You're getting 70 to 80 runs, 70 to 80 RBIs, and you're getting a couple steals there along with it. In that lineup where he's projected a bat, let me just take a look at roster resource here. I'm not sure where they have him slotted in right now. In the fifth slot, and maybe he'll, he'll probably move down a slot once Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back, but that'll just lead to more counting stats, having Tatis ahead of him. He'll be on base quite a bit for Cronenworth to be driven in by, and then even when you look past Cronenworth in the, in the lineup, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, Austin Nola, Trent Grisham, it's really not too bad, one through nine. There's pretty solid names throughout that order. Jake Cronenworth should not really lack for any stats this season. Batting average, sure. Maybe he's not going to be a 285 hitter like we saw in his first season, which was granted 54 games. But he provides a very solid floor while giving you multi-position eligibility. And, you know, I think overall, he is somebody, in terms of all my players, like I'm going to do an article that I'm going to talk about, you know, my guys for this season. And Jake Cronenworth is definitely one of my guys heading into this next season. A lot of it has to do with the price. You know, if he was going, you know, 50, 60 picks higher, he's probably not one of my guys. But at this current rate where he's going, and we're looking at drafts that have taken place since Christmas, which is 25 DCs, he's going off the board as the 15th second baseman pick 195. I jumped ahead of ADP for him for first base and also for second base. I love what he does. Now, I believe he used to have outfield eligibility too. Might be wrong about that one, but I believe that he did at one point uh, have outfield eligibility. But this season, it's or maybe it, no, it wasn't outfield. It was, uh, it was shortstop. He had shortstop eligibility. Doesn't have that this season. It's just going to be first and second base for him. But regardless, that doesn't really impact how I view him heading into this season. Shortstop is already very deep to begin with. Jake Cronenworth, that losing that, it doesn't really matter so much. Still got first and second. Still going to give you three-plus categories worth of production from a terrible position and from a draft slot that really doesn't hurt your wallet so much. So Jake Cronenworth for me at number 11. Keep it going here with number 12, Cattell Marte. Now, I've jumped a little bit ahead here of ADP. Where I'm ranking him, he's going as the 19th second baseman off the board, and we're talking again. Drafts have taken place since Christmas. I just really like Cattell Marte. I mean, the projections for him are really good. Uh, he's in a team. He's in a lineup that's granted. You know, we talked about it with Welsh last week. You guys want to hear us talk in depth about that lineup? Then go check that one out. But he's in a lineup that is a lot better than people may give him give them credit for. Um, you know, there's a lot of younger guys, but there's a very deep core of, of dudes there in that lineup, and even in onto the bench. You know, Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte is projected about second, and then behind him you got Jake McCarthy, Christian Walker, Josh Rojas, who we'll talk about later. Lourdes Gurriel, and then the bottom third of the order, sure, it's not the greatest, but Cattell Marte should not be lacking for any counted stats this season as well. He's projected for 70 runs and 72 RBIs. That's the bat X. Generally speaking, he's projected for about a 75-70 season. Overall, that's great. The home runs he's projected for, it's, it's you know, they're projecting a bit of an upturn compared to these last couple of seasons, 14 and 12. ATC's got him for 16. The bat X got him for 18. 
They're also projecting a very good batting average from him, which is something that we didn't really see that much this past season. He batted 240. It also came with a terrible BABIP, his worst BABIP of his career. I mean, not even terrible, but for his standards, uh, 276 BABIP when he's a 311 career hitter. So they're projecting the batting average to go back up. I would tend to agree. I think that he is going to bat more in like the 260, 270 range as opposed to what we saw this past season, where he was a disaster. If you drafted him in fantasy this past season, you got 137 games, 12 homers, 68 runs, 52 ribs, uh, five stolen bases. Not, nothing really to write home about. He still you know, walked at a good rate, 9.9%. On base percentage was fine, considering that his batting average was so low. It was 321. I just think that we can buy the dip on Marte this season because people are really out on him. He's going as the 215th pick overall off the board, the 19th second baseman. I just think that that's kind of low, considering what he's proven he can give you. You know, the fact that he provides, you know, a baseline across all five categories. And I say that with steals, even though it's not like a lot, you're still going to get anywhere from like three to seven stolen bases from him, which, you know, it... It's maybe I shouldn't even count it as one of his categories, but it's still something, right? He can give you 260, 270, which certainly counts as a category in this day and age, specifically at second base. There's not a hell of a lot of guys projected for a great batting average. Uh, let me just pull up the, the ATC projections here for batting average. Only one guy projected to bat over 300. In fact, Marte is considered, a, he's projected to have a top 10 batting average um, in the position. So I like that a lot. The home runs are going to be very good. Again, in terms of the position, he's projected to be. Uh, just outside of the top 10 for ATC, actually, for home runs. But he is fairly undervalued in terms of the overall product that he puts out there. The lineup around him, I like it a lot. I know that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to win the World Series or anything, but I think that this is a very strong lineup, one through six, one through seven. Maybe Gabby Moreno gets in there at some point and bolsters it a little bit. Still waiting to see what happens with Kyle Lewis. Maybe he has a spot in the lineup. Maybe he doesn't. Alec Thomas is another one. They're fairly deep in this lineup. I don't think that Marte is going to lack for counting stats. I think he's going to hit those home runs for you. And overall, I think it'll be a, a decent bounce back for him. So he's number 12 for me. Moving along, another guy that we talked about recently on the pod, actually yesterday uh, with Jeff Zimmerman, Jonathan India. Now, he wasn't terribly big on India this, this coming season, and I got to admit, after talking with Jeff, uh, maybe it makes me feel not quite as bullish on him, but at the same time, Jonathan India should be able to provide positive value based on where he is being drafted. 184 is where he is going. Again, I'm a little lower on him than I probably was a couple days ago, but he's still going to be batting at the top of the order or projected about second. The guys behind him are Joey Votto, Tyler Stevenson, Will Myers, Jake Fraley. It's not fantastic. And a big reason, I think, for for me being more in on him than maybe maybe Jeff was, and again, Jeff been around a lot longer than I am, and he follows the Reds a lot closer than I do, so you got to probably take his word over mine. But if you're looking at the projections, you know, 18 home, let's look at ATC, 16 homers, 7 steals, a 254 batting average. In this ballpark, that feels like it's probably on the lower end. We saw him as a rookie, 24 years old, give you 21 and 12 with a 270 batting average. This past season, he dealt with injuries. He was missed a lot of the year. He played 103 games, and we've kind of written off what he did as a rookie, even though there is still potential there for him to be maybe not 2020, but like 20 and 15 with a decent batting average. We've kind of written him off, and, you know, we're pushing him down to where he's going. Oh, God, I've just lost him here in terms of my ADP. Oh, here he is. 184. I just said it. He's the 14th second baseman off the board, so I didn't push him up a crazy amount, but I still do think that he is a little bit undervalued heading into this season, you know. This is a range of second basemen, and we talked about this with Jeff as well. It's really good. You know, between 170 and 215, 220, there's like seven guys where you should, maybe even more, honestly, like from the 13th second baseman down to like the 22nd from that range of Vaughn Grisham 
And even, you know, you could push that up to Brandon Lau, Tyro Estrada. You could really say there's like 10 or 12 second basemen here going within about 50 picks that you'd feel fairly comfortable taking any of them. But Jonathan India, he doesn't necessarily stand out from the crowd amongst them here. But if you're in this range, you need a second baseman. I really like Jonathan India, and I do like him definitely ahead of the guys that we have below him on this list. The potential is still there. The ballpark, the ballpark is fantastic. And overall, I don't think we can write him off yet as, oh, you know, he's maybe disappointing from what we expected. No, he's still way too young for us to put any kind of labels like that on it. So I'm buying back into Jonathan India. He is my number 13 second baseman for this coming season. Next up, we got Jeff McNeil. I was buying in on Jeff McNeil quite a bit this past season because, you know, he had a bit of a down season that was kind of an outlier for him, specifically in terms of batting average in 2021. You know, I was I was a little worried, but at the same time, I was willing to buy the dip because if you look at the first three years of his career, granted, there were 63 games in 2018 and only 52 that he played in 2020, but you're looking at 329, 318, and 311 for batting average. Then in 2021, he hits 251, big stinker of a year. No good for anybody. You bought the dip on him last year, and he gave you nine homers, four steals, which you're going to say, Joe, that's not great, but 326 batting average. On base was 382. It's 73 runs, 62 RBIs. I like Jeff McNeil quite a bit, pushing him up here four spots ahead of where he's going in ADP. But I, I think that that's, you know, this range is very close. All these guys that we're talking about in this range, I think, are, are pretty closely grouped together if you're talking about really. All, maybe not all the guys we're talking about today, but from like 11 through 17, I think we're talking, you know, I'm not going to be like dead set. Like once you get past pick 14, then you can't, no. Once you get past 15, no. I think that there's a grouping here of second basemen who are all going to be very similar in value. And I think McNeil fits into that build as well. Now he's projected for 10 home runs. Looking at 80, I typically, when I just rhyme off projections, it's typically ATC because it aggregates all the rest of them. I find it to be the most useful in my fairly limited experience producing fantasy content. I find it to be the most useful, most accurate. 10 homers, 67 runs, 63 ribbies, four steals, and a 288 batting average is what he's projected for. I don't know why you'd project him to bat below 300 other than 2021, where, you know, he did bat 251, but he had a very low BABIP, didn't play the whole season. He missed some time. I don't know why you'd project him to bat below 300. I think that 300 is is fairly accurate, fairly correct in terms of what you should be expecting out of Jeff McNeil. So I would say that 288 is probably on the lower side. 10 home runs, 4 steals, that's probably right in line with what you can expect from him. And then if you're talking about his place in the batting order, I'm still not really sure what's going to happen there. He's projected right now to bat 5th on roster resource. Wouldn't shock me to see him closer to the top of the order some days with that batting average and on base. Probably wouldn't hurt. But it also wouldn't shock me to see him bat 8th or ninth a couple days. That's one thing that kind of holds me back a little bit. He's not like a solidified leadoff hitter or anything like that. But at the same time, I think the value is still there, despite the fact that he doesn't give you a lot of home runs, not a lot of steals. He's giving you quite a few runs, quite a few RBIs for the position. The batting average is obviously one of the best. I'm, I'm blanking, but I believe he was the NL batting champion last year. I think he was. You're getting a, you know 320. Maybe he's not going to hit 320 again. Okay, let's say it's 310. You're still getting an incredible batting average out of a position that's you know, famously bad with batting average, famously bad with everything, really. But he's projected to be right up there in terms of the batting average at the position. Let me just see. I think he's probably second in terms of those projections. And my computer's crapping out. This computer's been crapping out for a while. It was actually really good for like a week there. I didn't have to worry about you know any glitching or anything when I switched tabs. Now it starts to crap out on me again. Here we go. It's loaded. Jeff McNeil projected for the second highest batting average at the position. Double-digit home runs, great lineup, low strikeout percentage. I really like him. I think having him here at 14 is, is exactly perfectly correct. 
ADP, a little bit too low for me at number 18. But let's talk about the next guy, Whit Merrifield. He is a Toronto Blue Jay. He has been since the trade deadline. I'm not huge on Whit Merrifield, but I do think that there is still some value to be had in him. I don't think that he is completely cooked. I've seen some people say, eh, you know, I can't buy into Whit Merrifield again. He's he's done after what we saw the drop-off last season with the stolen bases and everything else, really. Like, it was it was a bad year for Whit Merrifield. And if you drafted him last season in this, I forget exactly his ADP, I think it was third round, you took a loss because the year before, he gave you 10 homers, 97 runs scored, 74 ribbies. 40 stolen bases, a 277 batting average. He was incredible. This past year, he hit more home runs by one. You know, uh, the runs and RBIs were not, I mean, it was the runs were fairly far off. What am I saying? 27 run difference. Uh, there was like a 16 RBI difference. The huge one, the really big one, was the stolen bases. That's where he killed you. He had 16. You were drafting him. You know, a huge reason why he's being drafted so high in previous years was because of those stolen bases. If he doesn't give you that, then you know you got to ask yourself, what is he going to give you? But he's projected to kind of make a comeback in that regard a little bit. Projected for ATC as him for 19, Steamer for 16. Overall, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on Whit Merrifield. Like, I'd like to believe that he can get back to the previous heights that we saw in Kansas City, scoring 100 runs, stealing 35, 40 bases. I don't expect that to happen. I think that there is a chance that he – I mean, I don't expect this. Don't get me wrong. But there's a chance that maybe he ends up, you know, losing some at bass to Santiago Espinal or what what have you. I'm not – I'm just not 100% certain that the role is going to be there. And that's why I don't even have him a couple spots higher. Because if he hits that upside, which is, you know, 10, 12 homers, 30 steals, a 265, 270 average. I mean, we saw him hit over 300 a couple times yeah, a couple of years ago. And he's a 285 hitter for the career. It's not crazy to think he could get there. Uh, the only real concern for me is that, you know, maybe Santiago Espinal takes more at bats than we're expecting from him. Maybe he doesn't get into the outfield quite as much as we're hoping for. That There are some things to worry about. Also, the fact that he's 34 years old. Maybe those steals don't come back. Maybe those steals are are gone. Actually, his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to Whit Merrifield. Um, but I just, I, I want to put him higher. But 15 is about as high as I can possibly go. He's 16 based on ADP, and I feel like we're we're fairly in line with that there. There's not too much to say about Whit Merrifield. I'm hoping for a bit of a bounce back. Not that he was terrible last year, but I think that there is room for him to grow on on those home runs and those steals that we that we got from him last year. I mean, room for him to grow. He's 34. He's essentially who he is at this point. But I think we can see a bit of a bounce back with those steals. We saw the Blue Jays a little more liberally stealing under John Schneider. I'm expecting that to continue a little bit. Not and Whit Merrifield played for John Schneider. But I think that we're going to see better numbers out of him over the course of a whole season playing in that better lineup. Better ballpark overall. Uh, I like Whit Merrifield here as 15 on my second base list. Let's keep it going. Tyro Estrada, he is who I have at number 16. He's another guy who's a little bit weird to factor or to place in terms of rankings. He had an incredible year last year, and part of me wants to say he can do this again. I'm a little bit cautious of the fact that, you know, it's a bad team, it's not a great ballpark, and it was kind of an unexpected outlier for him. I mean, we didn't really, we don't really know what he was before this season. It was the first time he played more than 52 games, but he gave you 14 homers, 21 steals and the 260 batting average only struck out 16% of the time. Like he was a huge value. You were likely able to pick him up off the waiver wire, depending on the size of your league. It wouldn't have shocked me if you got him for free, essentially. And he was incredible utility guy. Like he had second base eligibility, shortstop eligibility, and that's what he's going to continue to have for this season. I believe uh, second and short. Yeah, he also did get in some games and left. So I believe, depending on the platform, 18 games in left field. Like Yahoo, he should have outfield eligibility still. 
It'll vary a little bit, but he's a versatile player who's going to give you some home runs and some steals. I just don't know if we're going to see 14 and 21 again. Like, I think the bad X, 12 and 16, that's probably more in line with what I would expect from him. I still think that he could be very good, but I do have him five spots below his ADP um, number at this point. He's going out as the 11th second baseman by ADP. I got him here at 16, and I think that's fairly reasonable considering the lineup around him kind of sucks. Like, I don't want to say it's terrible. But after Estrada, there's Mike Yastrzemski, Mitch Haniger, Jock Peterson, Michael Conforto, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Crawford. It's really not great. I mean, there's some guys there who could be pretty good. Haniger and Peterson, sure. Conforto, not really sure what Conforto is going to do over the course of a whole season, of course, after missing last year. But I think at the same time, uh, he's still a fairly safe draft pick, and he's still somebody where I wouldn't be so opposed to taking him. He's kind of the beginning of that range. I mean, you could maybe argue Jorge Polanco is the beginning of that range, around 170 where you can wait a little bit on your second baseman and you can take Tyro Estrada and be pretty comfortable with the with the production he's going to give you, especially if you're playing in Yahoo. You get that outfield eligibility as well. And I believe ESPN is the same eligibility rules for Yahoo. You guys, someone can correct me on Twitter there if I'm wrong. I think it's the same. might be slightly different, but I believe he'll have outfield regardless of, of where you're playing, of course, as long as it's not on the NFBC because you got to have 20 games there the previous year to carry over eligibility. And I think it's 10 games to get in-season eligibility. I could be wrong about that. But I think if he plays in the outfield 10 times this year, he will gain uh, that eligibility. But regardless, I like him. I just don't like him quite as much as probably consensus based on my rankings. But let's keep it going. And I don't want to spend too much time on this guy because we did talk about him already in our first base rankings. This is Luis Arise. I do like him quite a bit. He was my 21st uh, first baseman in terms of rankings. Here we have him at 17. You could maybe even argue that he should be a little bit higher, honestly. Like, there's certain things that really look good. If you look at the projections, WRC Plus projections, he is second in terms of second baseman here. He's just behind Jose Altuve. And the projections for ATC, six homers, 74 runs, 52 RBIs, four stolen bases, and a 301 batting average. Now, the thing we have to consider with Luis Arise is that he is on a new team now and how much that will impact him going forward. I don't think it's going to be a huge impact. Like, let's just take a look at roster resource, see where they expect him to be batting here. Expected to be leading off. I don't think it will really make that much of a difference. They'll project it for 600 plate appearances. Going to give you kind of similar production to what you saw last year. You know, he's going to give you close to a 300 average. He's probably not going to steal a hell of a lot, but you might, you know, seven-ish steals, seven-ish home runs. You're really taking him for the batting average, and I don't have any problem in doing that. You're getting to this point of your draft. You need batting average a lot of the time. You know, you're getting past pick 200. You're looking for specific categories that you need to bolster. A lot of the times you're looking at, you know, I got a lot of power hitters here, uh, a lot of outfielders who are power hitters, whatever. You need to make up batting average. Luis Arise is kind of a perfect guy in that situation. I don't think the ballpark really matters. He's not going to hit you many home runs anyway, so ballpark factors don't really matter so much for him. It's more just wondering if he's going to be able to get those 88 runs again and is he going to hit 316 again. Well, the batting average, I mean, he's 314 hitter for the career over more than 1,500 plate appearances, close to 400 games. So I think that you can generally cautiously expect like a plus 300 batting average. He's going to give you five to seven homers, five to seven steals, maybe get you eight steals. And overall, he's going to give you maybe 130, 140 runs in RBIs together. Probably 130 is more likely. But that is very, very solid value that you're getting past pick 200. Now, he's ranked as a 21st um, second baseman by ADP. I have him at 17, a little bit above consensus. I like what he does a lot. I don't think the move to Miami really changes so much for me at all in terms of where I'm going to rank him. We already talked about him. If you want to listen back to our first base show, 
Uh, we did three first base shows. I believe he would be in the third one, yeah, because he was uh, 21st. He would have let off the third one if you guys want to go check that one out. But let's keep it going here. Max Muncy is who I have at number 18. Quite a bit below consensus. He is number nine in terms of overall uh, second baseman being drafted. I just don't really like him. I just don't really see him bouncing back that much that he warrants a pick as a top 10 second baseman this season. He was horrible last year. Like he was like, it was, he was a drop. Like he was, he was a drop. Like maybe you picked him up at the end of the season. Cause he did turn it on a little bit, but he batted below 200 last season. Like he ended up at 21 homers, 69 runs, 69 ribbies, uh, you know, but the 196 batting average, two stolen bases, he's killing you. He's, he's absolutely killing you in batting average, two stolen bases. You don't expect steals from him anyway. But it's just, it was really, really hard to hold on to him. Where I had him earlier in the year, I dropped him. People will say he turned it around a little bit. He did to some extent. But turning it around was a 261 batting average in August, 235 in September and October. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't setting the world on fire here. He was a little bit better. But we have to keep our expectations in check for Max Muncy. The Dodgers this, this year, not really so big on them. He's going to be cleaning up for them. I don't think that they, you know, perfect world would want that at this stage. I've talked about it a lot. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be that good this year. The second half of their order sucks. They're pitching depleted by injuries, and you know they've had. You know, it's still very good, but it's not as good as it probably should be, considering you know their expectations. Not that it has anything to do with Muncy, but as a whole, I don't think the Dodgers are going to be that great, and I don't think Muncy is going to be that great either. The projections, I think they're crazy. You know, ATC, which I which I believe is, I said it earlier in this episode, the most accurate one, 28 home runs they're projecting, 80 RBI, 79 runs, and a 230 batting average. Now, can he get back to 230? Sure he can, no problem. Can he get back to 28 home runs? Maybe he can, but I, you know... And maybe he may, and honestly, maybe he can because he hit 21 and it was a down year. You know, if he has a, a good full season, maybe he gets back up to that number. But projecting higher run and RBI totals from him over the same exact number of games, like we're talking, you know, 10 more runs, 10 more RBIs. I don't know that we're going to see that in a worse lineup from last year. Maybe he gets a little bit better than he was, but he's also 32, going to be 33 years old. Uh, closer to the end of next season, he'll be 33. But he's not getting any younger. He's not stealing any bases. He's a negative in the batting average department. You're essentially drafting him for the power and hoping for some counting stats, and I just don't see that, especially with a top 10 pick in terms of your second baseman. Now, the fact that he's third base eligible too maybe pushes him up the board a little bit. But overall, I'm, I'm fairly out on Max Muncy, especially at the price here of 141. But let's talk about the next guy, number 19, Colton Wong. I'm a big Colton Wong guy. I really like what he does. He's in Seattle now. Double-digit homers, double-digit steals. He's not going to blow you away in anything else, really. But that in and of itself, double-digit homers and double-digit steals, is incredibly valuable. And there's not really that many guys that are going to do it, period, let alone when you get to where he's going in drafts, which is 241 based on these last 25 drafts. He's the 25th second baseman going off the board. There are certainly some guys that I'm pushing up here ahead of the general consensus, but I feel really good about it, specifically with Colton Wong. You know, he's going to a lineup that is going to be very good. Seattle is going to be a very good team as much as it kills me because what they did to my Blue Jays this offseason, taking Teoscar Hernandez after they knocked us out of the playoffs, you know, taking taking Teoscar for a song, and then after they knocked us out, like, a, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of that, but Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, Eugenio Suarez, Teoscar, and then Colton Wong batting fifth. Like, Christ, I mean, he's not going to do it, but if he knocked in, like, 85 runs this season, it wouldn't shock me, considering the guy's batting above him. He's projected for, what is it? It's pretty low what he's projected for in the 40s. 
there's no chance he knocks it in the 40s if he's batting fifth in that lineup. Like, I mean, I know that these projection systems have to go based off of previous production and things like that. But if he's batting right behind Julio, Ty France, Suarez, and Teoscar, like, I think that he can very easily give you, like, 75 RBIs, honestly. Just looking at it, probably, and maybe he doesn't get there, but I think that that's a reasonable expectation to have 75 RBIs, 60, 65, 70 runs. That, that number is probably a little bit more fluid than what the RBIs will be. But I think that we're, you know, 50 to 60 range is fair. The home runs, last year was a career high, 15 dingers for him. Does he get back to that? Probably not, maybe. I don't know. The last couple of seasons, it was 14 and 15. So can he do it again? Potentially. I think that the projections are pretty fair. 11, 13, 12, that general range. And the double-digit steals. He's always been pretty quick. You know, we saw it in the early years in St. Louis. He kind of tailed off a little bit there. Uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, it wasn't stealing. Then started stealing again in 2019. And we've kind of seen him continue that ever since. So I think that we could probably see these 15 steals come to fruition. 10 to 13 home runs, and the batting average is not going to blow you away, but somewhere in the 240, 250 range is what we should expect. And overall, if you're getting that past pick 200, you should be laughing. Close to pick 250 in that lineup, like I'm taking him all the time there. I'm very happy to rank him ahead of consensus there in terms of my second baseman. One more guy that we are going to talk about here, Josh Rojas. He is number 20 for me. I, I really like Josh Rojas. I really like what he does. He's another guy who is second and uh, third eligible. That obviously helps quite a bit. And what he's going to give you in that lineup is probably going to be pretty solid. You know, we talked about the Diamondbacks quite a bit, you know, with Welsh, even just a little bit today with Cattell Marte. They're a damn solid team. And even though they're not going to be, you know, winning the division or winning the World Series or anything, there's a lot there's a lot of good going on in that lineup for fantasy. In real life or fantasy whatever, like this this team could be very good. And if Rojas bats where he is projected to bat, which is fifth in the order, behind Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Jake McCarthy, and Christian Walker, I mean, then we could see like a stupid number of counting stats from him as well. It would not shock me at all. Last year, he was really good from a fantasy point of view. He stole more than 20 bases. He had nine home runs, I think. Just this damn screen is refreshing here. Nine home runs, 23 stolen bases, and he batted just a tick under 270. Projected to do something a little bit similar, albeit with lower stolen bases. But I don't think that we should look at the stolen bases and say he can't do that again. I mean, his previous high was nine, but stealing 23 bags, it seemed like Arizona as a whole wanted to steal more bases last year. With Jake McCarthy, with Rojas, now they got Corbin Carroll there. Like, there's a lot of speed in that lineup. I think they're going to use it. And I don't see any reason for Rojas to be projected for, I mean, I know they got to be more cautious with, with projections. I don't see any reason for him to be projected for below, you know, 17, 18 steals. And he had 14 on the projections. That's fine. If he hits his eight, if he hits his ATC projection of 10 homers, 14 steals and a 253 batting average, I think you'd be pretty happy with that specifically where he is going in drafts. I'm in right in line with where the ADP is on this one. I mean, I've disagreed today quite a bit with the NFBC drafters, but I have him at 20. He is going as the 20th second baseman off the board over these last 25 drafts. And we're going to pretty soon be getting a lot more drafts going on. There's going to be main events. There's going to be a lot more championships going on. I'm not sure when they all start. And we're going to have other platforms opening up their opening up their uh, draft boards and everything else as well. I'm not sure when Yahoo's going to do it. I saw somebody tweet at them recently, and they said it's going to be end of January, somewhere in the end of January, beginning of February. So we're going to start doing some Yahoo work as well, seeing what their ADP looks like. We'll do a bunch of mock drafts. We'll do all that kind of stuff. We're going to do 10 more second basemen tomorrow on the pod. 
Friday, we will kick off third base. And then Monday, we're going to talk with Joe Pizapia. And we're going to really, really kick up these guests. I haven't had as many guests on in the offseason as I would have wanted to. I've been very busy in school and everything else in life when there's not baseball going on. It's kind of kicked my ass a little bit these last few months. But we're getting back into the swing of things. Over on Twitter, you guys can follow at JoeOrico99. At Ethos Fantasy BB is the really important one. That's where all of our new content will be dropped from. But there's going to be guests on the show multiple times a week. Last year, we did it once a week. There was a guest. This year, my goal is to have guests like either bookending the week, you know, Monday, Friday guest, or maybe midweek. We're going to we're gonna do a lot more stuff this season than we did last year. So buckle up. We got a lot of stuff coming for you. Ethos Fantasy BB is the most important thing you can do right now. Go ahead and follow it. Of course, subscribe to the pod. If you guys are enjoying what you're hearing, let me know what you think. You, if you're listening somewhere that allows you to rate and review, Apple, I believe, does. Um, Spotify, I think you can just leave it a a rating. I don't know if you can review, but wherever you're listening, let us know what you think. Really appreciate all the support you guys have shown throughout the off season. This has been the biggest month of the pod. January of 2023 has been the biggest month of the podcast. We still got a few days left in terms of the podcast. I think there's four more shows in the month, something like that. I'm not looking at a calendar, but thank you guys. At the end of the day, I really appreciate this. I could not do it without you guys listening and subscribing and following on Twitter. Like all of it really means a lot. And I really appreciate you guys being there. So until tomorrow, we will pick up a second base. Until then, guys, enjoy your night. And good luck with your early drafting. If you're drafting, I'm in a few slow drafts myself. And we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. Take care.